friends, welcome to Think Out Loud with me. It's a chat cast. I started it to get out of my own head and my own way, and now I am off and running, simply talking, connecting, exercising the universally accepted, irrevocable license that I've found to be curious. The thing is, we all hold this license. Every single one of us holds this license. This license from the universe that allows us to engage others in constructive and enlightening communication, in connection, in community, in clarity. There's this awkward thing about pursuing all of this out loud and with all of you listening in. And some of you have asked why I've chosen to be so open with my journey. Maybe seeing some of the ups and downs makes you nervous. Maybe seeing some of the awkward uh, posts makes you wince. It's my truth and it's my own journey. Uh, and I think that in exposing my own truths and journey to you, you might join me um, and find a little bit of peace on your own. Okay, hey now, it's a beautiful overcast, quelching a little bit of the 90 plus degree heat. I am beaming because I am recording with someone that I've known for a number of years, but have recently reconnected with, uh, Tina Green. Mm -hmm. Tina Green is the self-love queen, mm -hmm. and she is also a life coach, an author, a chef, a mother, and fierce advocate for women cultivating self-love and acceptance. Tina, welcome to Think Out Loud with me. I am absolutely blessed to have uh, this chance to do this with you. Uh, can you say hi to everybody? Hello. Thank you so much, Natalie. What a great introduction. And I'm super happy to be here. Grateful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Let's, uh, let's just get to business. Um, you and I have known each other. I'm trying to think the number of years that we've actually. So... I like 17. Has it really been 17 years? Wow. And so for everyone listening, Tina uh, and I were sisters-in-law. I think we'll always, we stay sisters-in-law, right? We right. stay sisters. It doesn't matter. Um, so we have seen. You choose to stay sister-in-law. We choose. Yeah. Um, we had to choose this interestingly after some work um, on both of our parts, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, it's really cool to be able to come full circle with someone that I've known in another, uh, really in another state of mind, um, right. and to have the opportunity to really think, you know, clearly out loud with you. Um, so let's just, yeah, let's get to it. So a line in the sand um, becomes this new state of mind that we, that, that, we find ourselves in. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, you've had a personal journey, um, a beautiful journey, a beautiful awakening over the last, um, many years. And I'd love like, what happened? What happened, Tina? Uh -huh. What happened? Oh my goodness. That's a big question. Um, so almost, uh, exactly a year ago, um, I was, you know, in this place of, being really unhappy and it, it, it kind of has been a cumulative effect over, you know, many years, but the pandemic really brought it home, you know? And, uh, so I was, I had taken a leave of absence from my work to, cause I have two teenage daughters to, you know, just really support my family during the pandemic and, and, uh, um, support their struggles of having to do school at home on a computer in a room by themselves all day. And then my husband was um, experiencing some pretty, some pretty good depression. And so I was kind of holding things together. And um, I got to about August of last year and I was about to go back to work and had a bit of a rough reentry there. And I just was like, I can't go on like this. Like something has to change. And um, I just felt really, I felt really depressed. And um, anyway, so that was kind of the line in the sand. And then um, I, my husband had been doing some work for a couple of years where he had experienced uh, a huge amount of healing. Um, 
and uh, from addiction and all kinds of depression and things like that. And, um, you know, the pandemic caused him to have a bit of a dip too, but he's, uh, he's able to, he has been able to come back out of that. But we, um, I saw some really remarkable healing in him and I had the opportunity to sort of to step into that um, because a friend of ours was holding a five week series of um, these breathwork sessions that had been really powerful for him. And so I it's called Toltec Sacred Journey Breathwork. And um, it's also it's based off of holotropic breathwork, which was created by Stan Groff many years ago. Um, um, but it's a bit different because it kind of um, goal, uh, is structured around Toltec wisdom and, and how um, the breath work, the breath work is, is a really incredibly, um, I don't know, different and intense experience because there's very, you know, you're, I'll just explain a little bit about it because otherwise you're not going to know what I'm talking about. Does that sound? Yeah. Absolutely. Please. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you're kind of, uh, in a, um, in a room with other people lying on a mat with a blindfold on and a blanket over you and getting all cozy and, um, and you're kind of led into a visualization. And then before you know it, there is really loud, evocative music playing music, music that's curated to take you on a journey and and that's where kind of the Toltec part comes in because it takes you on a journey through your life in this um, breath work. And so your breathing is, you know, deep circular breath for, um, and there's no stopping at the top, no stopping at the bottom. You're just breathing deeply. Um, and that takes you into um, an altered state of consciousness. And the cool thing about this is it is um, there's no plant medicine involved, although the altered state of consciousness is similar to what can happen on uh, plant medicine, but um, you have control. So your breath is your um, gas pedal per se. And so the deeper and faster your breath is, the more, the deeper your journey can be. And, uh, and it's, it's a breath that goes all the way down into your stomach rather than up in your chest. Cause you don't want to hyperventilate, but you know, what can happen is what needs to happen. What will happen is whatever needs to come up with you for you. I mean, will, will come up. So for me, I started just, you know, having, I have, I have very visual journeys and I started having visions of all, all the all the things in my life that I had um, that were part of me that I had given up, you know, when I had gotten married and had kids and, and how I, you know, it really became apparent. It was showing me kind of how I abandoned myself and in that process. And, um, you know, and I just started seeing more and more insight into that. And um, I started seeing how I carried shame really heavily around with me all the time. And, um, so it was really like, wow, once a week for five weeks. And I, and I, every week I would get these little gold nuggets of information. Um, so any questions about that or anything? I'm fascinated. Well, I don't, I like, how much do you want to share? Yeah. Give an example of a nugget of information. If like, that's, if you're comfortable doing that. Yeah. Well, um, um, well, one example is like, you know, I, I had a journey that, um, was really, really interesting. Visually showed me like, all the things that I used to love to do and that made my heart sing that I no longer do, you know? And so it was really clear, like, Oh, these are all the things that I gave up Mm -hmm. Uh, all the pursuits that I gave up when I got married and, and had children. And um, so that was one of them. Others were, you know, the, the, um, the source of shame Mm -hmm. that I was carrying and, 
you know, some of them really pointed towards my religious upbringing um, as, you know, that was, that was a real, a thing that I hadn't really fully acknowledged Hmm. before. Um, I don't know if I knew that about you. Yeah. So, um, but making connections for you with, through these visions that helped just really bring it to the forefront. Right. Exactly. So my husband was apprenticing with our teachers um, and their, their organization is called Freedom, Folk and Soul. And they, um, they were uh, having a journey to Teotihuacan, Mexico in November. And by now it's, you know, like October. And I had the chance to meet his teachers, Jeremy and Stephanie, when they came to California and um, uh, they were officiating a wedding. And then they actually were invited to facilitate the final week of breath work. And I had such a powerful experience and I was so drawn to them when I met them. And I had a really powerful breath work with them that I decided I want to go with my husband to Mexico. And my husband was actually apprenticing with them to learn how to teach their work because it was so powerful for him. Mm -hmm. So he was going as an apprentice. And so I went, had to make all kinds of arrangements for my daughters and everything. And I, um, I went and um, I stepped into this week long journey that just completely rocked my world. Um, and, you know, and I think it was just time mm. for this to happen, but for years and years and years, I've been kind of going to workshops and reading self-help books and, and, you know, dieting and being really hard on myself. And, um, because one of the, one of the things that I carried really strongly with me was body shame. And, uh, so when I went down to Mexico, you know, one of my intentions for the, for the workshop was to, to re to, for the week, the retreat, I guess, more than a workshop. Um, I, uh, I really wanted to get rid of my body shame. I really wanted to like, you know, I've worked on it for so many years and I can't seem to get over that hump. You know, I made goals for myself. I like tried all these different techniques to put myself first, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't make it happen. So I knew that there was like underlying issues that I needed to get to that. Um, anyway, so over the course of the week, I just really relentlessly went for that. And, um, you know, we, we, um, we did so much, you know, Jeremy and Stephanie, our teachers are, are Jeremy Pager and Stephanie Arbita Jones are their names. And they, um, they are just master teachers around, um, really holding sacred ceremony and really bringing in spirituality and, and also facilitating this breath work. Mm -hmm. And so the way we went to Teotihuacan, Mexico, because there is the pyramids of Teotihuacan and the pyramids there, it's a, it's a incredibly powerful sacred place. And it has been for thousands of years and the pyramids there were originally laid out thousands of years ago um, so that people could take an initiation into their life. So there's actually a a whole method. Teotihuacan is where man becomes God. When when you really realize that you yourself are God. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so we did that. We did that whole initiation. We went to these sacred sites and we did ceremony and we really, walked they have something called the avenue of the dead where we would walk down the avenue of the dead and each step of the way be contemplating different areas of our life depending on what plaza we were walking through on that avenue and it is so incredibly powerful um just to really be led into all these inquiries about my life do it in such a sacred place in a really intentional way And then it sort of brought everything up to the surface for me, right? And then we would come back and we'd do breath work and it would like process. And I would, you know, um, it's very somatic. Like I would actually Mm -hmm. let go of things. And um, so 
you know, like for example, in the, the breath work, you can get lots of different messages. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it's, it's real and it works and it sounds beautiful. It really does. It sounds beautiful. So, you know, at one point my teachers were teaching me, teaching us that like, you know, whatever shame we're, we're, we're holding doesn't belong to us. Someone else gave that shame to us. Someone else gave the shame to us, whether it was, you know, by saying something to us or treating us in a certain way or teaching us to be ashamed of something. Um, sometimes it's passed down just through generations. So I had the opportunity in, um, in one of my breath works, I had a, a tribunal of all of my ancestors standing in front of me. And I was able to like face them and give them back the shame that they had given me all the shame about everything that's beautiful and powerful about being a woman. I felt shame about, and I gave it back to them and they gladly took it and apologized for giving me that shame. And I came out of that breath work, like with having healed, not, you know, not a hundred percent healed, but like it was really healing and powerful to do that. So, you know, these ceremonies are really, we also did ceremonies around, you know, uh, cutting the cords with our ancestors. We did ceremonies around setting intentions, of course, at the beginning. We did fire walking. We did sweat lodges. So we did like all this really powerful ancient ceremonies to really help us move past the things, you know, release them from our bodies and move past those things that were holding me back. So at the end of, and everybody was working on their own stuff, you know, and at the end of the week, you know, I really walked away from that week truly loving myself and having not feeling shame in my body anymore. And I felt a huge amount of freedom. And, uh, and I continued to do a lot of work. And some of the stuff that was uncovered that week, um, my husband has uh, struggled with addiction a bit. And, um, and uh, it's, a, it's kind of a, a theme in his family hand, handed down over generations. So the, you know, the work around that was me realizing that I had developed really codependent behaviors. And so really, you know, after that week, continuing to take that on, I started going to Al-Anon meetings and I really like, you know, um, read a few recommended books about codependence and I really continued to do my own work, which once I experienced that freedom, I just was like, oh my God, I've never felt this way before. And I really wanted to continue mm -hmm. to keep healing deeper and deeper, um, into, you know, more than body shame, but just shame in general and mm -hmm. kind of try to heal our marriage. And, you know, there was just so much more <laughs> yeah. after the week, but the week was really powerful and setting me on that healing path. It's, so. What a beautiful story. I am in, I'm fascinated by the concept of uh, and I, I relate very deeply with you on this, of this relationship with those that have gone before us, they don't, they would love to take back and, and they're all available to take back any shame or, or harshness or hatred, or, you know, I have a belief that, um, you know, that the, if they could come forward into the real presence today, they, we'd be locked arms doing this, you know, doesn't matter 2000 years ago, right. They catch up quickly and, and we get on with it. Right. Because in mm -hmm. the, it looking back on things is a hell of a lot easier than, you know, uh, being in it like we are. Um, so that concept that we can pass on shame and shame coming in the form of so many different levels, but profoundly being a woman. Yeah. Um, 
being quiet, being, you know, all of the things, you know, that, that we, that truly have been passed down to us and modeled for us. Um, I think a lot about even just a couple generate, you know, my grandmother adored for her politeness. Um, but man, she put up with some shit at the expense of that. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I watched it and I can talk about it now. And it's, I know she hears me thinking out loud about it and she'd be like, yeah, I probably didn't need to be that polite. Screw the cucumber, you know, sandwiches. Like, no, this isn't going to go, this isn't going to go this way. Right. Um, And so being able to stand up for her and say, I gotcha. You know, Mm -hmm. this is, this is our chance to move forward without this kind of crap loading us up. Right. Yeah. What a trip. Good. I was going to say, what a trip to be able to look at life in kind of this massive chapter mm-hmm. um, and to be able to start to process some, you know, pretty heavy topics in, in our pasts. Um, and it's, it's a talking about ourselves almost in a third person right. about a person that we used to be. Right. Um, and you know, you, you talked about this codependency and what that looks like. I think you've also, um, we were talking earlier, just the concept of people pleasing and, and as a female, all, you know, generally, um, I'm generalizing, um, what that looks like. I want to get some, I want to get some edge around, I guess where I'm going with this is like, what did it look like? What did the past life look like? I know I can relate to you around the people pleasing because that's all I did my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. And I was drunk while I was doing it. So it was, fun. <laughs> it was a party. It's a people pleasing party. Right. 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 Um, like, do you remember being a people pleaser, like really early in your, like as a little girl? I mean, did it develop, like, where do you think, is it truly the modeling? Was it, was it, we, what do you think are the roots of like this, this people pleasing phenomenon where we're just constantly running with our hands out to help? Right, right. Well, you know, I was, I was born in the, in the late sixties. Okay. And in the late 60s, there was um, a different, definitely a different style of parenting, you know, what they knew. So the the roots of codependency, what I've learned, start when you're really young, because when we're babies, we're just, all we want is to get our needs met and we're really smart. And so we do whatever we we think it needs to take to get Mm -hmm. our needs met. And if you remember, if you're, you know, uh, you might remember, I should say, that um, there was a whole Dr. Spock phenomenon back Yes, I was, I'm a Dr. Spock baby. Yeah. yeah, so there was like the whole cry it out yep. methodology, right? So that's the first lesson. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to get my needs met yep. by asking. So you, you, you just sort of try to figure out like, how do I get my needs met? And it's like, whatever unique situation I had back then, I sort of figured like, I have to be, you know, another one of my codependencies was being a perfectionist. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I somehow developed the idea that in order to get my needs met, I had to really be a people pleaser and a perfectionist. And I had to be like that perfect little girl and then I would get my needs met. And so, you know, uh, we all have a different story on that front, but I definitely can see how that would have happened for me. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about rewriting agreements um, yeah. you made with yourself as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm referencing some writing that you've done that may not be released, but mm-hmm. um, rewriting agreements that I made with myself as a child, I only seek my own approval. Yeah. What a profound thing to think about. Yeah. 
because huh? if you, I mean, I wonder when, bef- you know, this, this innocence of, of children, you know, of each of us, um, I'm, con- you know, we've got this essence at our core. We've got this essence that just at its very, well, I mean, we talk about the body keeping the score and generational trauma. I mean, from the moment of conception, right, there's, there's stuff going on even before conception. Um, but energetically, just the idea that before you've even hit the planet, you've got some impact going on. Right, right. But then you start to create those agreements with yourself as a child about how you're going to survive before you even know what the concept of surviving really even is. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, I don't talk to him when he's like that, or I don't talk to anybody that's like that because, or start making connections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, my own, my own codependent relationships um, started in my life very early as a child with my, with alcoholic parents who weren't practicing alcoholics all of my childhood. But what I now know through kind of Al-Anon and and different like you um, just, trying to consume information around it. We're very in a very codependent relationship as well. And what some would call a dry drunk or, a, you know, just not practicing, just not actively drinking, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so people pleasing and being the person who pleases best, it all gets better when Natalie or Tina shows up because they just take care of it. It all gets bad. It gets better when, when Natalie takes care of it. So mm-hmm. let her do it. Let her do it. Right. And this constant, like, maybe I don't want to do it. Maybe I, maybe I can't stand any of this, but you never get the chance to, to get out of that as a young person, um, mm-hmm. because there's an indebtedness, right? Mm-hmm. There's like, you brought me into this world. You raised me. I owe you. Of course, I'm going to be the one that's trying to please you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, where the whole the whole idea of like rewriting agreements that you created as a child came from you know one of the pieces of um one of the really profound um pieces of learning that I did was when I read the four agreements by Don Miguel Reese and that's like um all Toltec wisdom that's what this the 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 work that I'm doing is all based on Toltec wisdom and um so uh, you know, if, um, when we all come into the world, our parents are doing the best they can. Right. And we're born and we're born this perfectly clean slate and our parents have to domesticate us. Right. And so that's going to depend on how they were raised and how they were domesticated. It's going to depend on like their religion and where you live and what the culture is and all of that. And so, all of every single person, my children, your children, you know, all, we all domesticate them and they're all going to have to unwind some of that. Absolutely. Now every, so I don't want to, you know, knock on my parents because I know they were doing the best they could. Right. And the way at, at that moment in time in the late sixties and the way, you know, women couldn't even like get a credit card when I was born. Yeah. Right? Like there was a whole different culture and, you know, I was raised, you know, in a strict Catholic household and like there was just a whole different thing set up to have me become a people pleaser and behave in a certain way, you know, and um, and also be trained that, you know, girls were less than boys. Yep. We don't do that as much now. We've gotten a lot better about that. But back then, girls oh, were yeah. less than boys. <laughs> Boy, it was loud. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've had conversations with, with my mom, some of them heated, um, you know, around, well, you're, you want to erase your, you're ashamed of your ancestors. You're ashamed of where you were raised. You were, and it's not that, no, I, I, you know, I know if anything, I'm looking at my parents, like, wow, I can't believe I, like, good job that you did all that. Right. You actually finally managed to, you survived yourself. Holy moly. Right. Yeah. Uh, but give them the credit for, for doing it, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. 
and for being real human beings, having real human experiences, including and in, in, um, you know their own depression and anxiety and and shame and fear, fear, you know, um, in my own world, that, that equated to growing up with suicide attempts, multiple, um, you know, just the ups and downs of, of, of trying to take care of people who are emotionally unwell, Mm -hmm. uh, is a whole nother level of, of codependency that, um, Yeah. yeah, leaves you pretty barren at the end. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Natalie, I just want to say that part of the work I did was looking at, you know, through all these things I was bringing up, looking at, I was in denial about a lot of things, right? And I created these stories about, particularly about certain family members, and sort of was in denial about experiences that I had with them that were really profound experiences. But that was my way of being able to cope with them as a child. So then... I, you know, grow up and I still like I have this I'm carrying along this this story that's not true. So once I stop denying it and I face like, oh, this is one of the this is where I made that agreement about my body or about men like I can that agreement helped me cope with whatever was going on back then. But now I don't need it anymore. It served really well. Thank you so much. <laughs> but now I don't need it anymore. And that's a big part of the work I did too, is really like discovering things. I was, I was a master of denial and minimization of things that happened to me. And, you know, and just kind of painting a really pretty picture of things. And, you know, it, that sort of, that came out a lot as well in the work that I was doing. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> That thing that happened to me when I was 15 years old shaped my relationship with men for the rest of my life up until now, you know? Yeah. So. The denial part, do you really think, let's talk about the word denial. Like I'm, I'm, I'm dancing around like this accountability and like where we get to the place where we finally say, you know, where we finally can think about and and say not in a harmful way to ourselves because that's where I internally that's what I used to do was harmfully um talk to myself around the denial Mm -hmm. around the accountability right Mm -hmm. and that was my own shame storm using Brene Brown like man like adrenaline you know for me a lot of it around money shame just um, this ability to finally put an experience in a place that it can serve you instead of you being, instead of it controlling you. And you don't know that it's controlling you. It's taking up space within your being mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and driving your being without you even knowing it. And so I'm I'm imagining you even with that, little notion it's almost like a reiki you know a full-on massive like it's sludge that just says here it is this is a massive agreement that you had that is no longer serving you and not only are we going to not do anything with it you know it does it is it no longer serving you but we're going to take it out of your energy field so that you can free up to do the fantastic shit that you're supposed to be doing right as a beautiful human being that is congruent your insides matching your outsides. That's how I'm experiencing you. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful place to finally arrive. It really is. And, and you're absolutely right. in how you describe that, like, I didn't realize that's where the denial comes in. Like, I just didn't, I didn't realize that, um, I minimized things that had happened to me in my life. And, um, I don't want to talk about them in detail because it's, you know, they're, they're really personal, but like things that had happened to me, I minimized like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal and right. I'm fine, you know, whatever. And, and still like held the people up. Yeah. You no. Know? And that once I kind of realized the impact that they had on me, 
it was like, that was what I needed. That's yeah. what I needed to be like, that's where this is coming from. Oh, I can change that, you know? And, um, but like going through life and like, why do I have, why am I carrying this? And I can't seem to get rid of it. You know, I can't seem to have like be a fully confident woman. I can't seem to be, you know, accepting of myself, you know? And And that was back at the beginning of our conversation, the way you described a line in the sand is this can't go on any longer. And I was going to ask you, what is this? What it is? It's, I mean, what you just said, I can't even be fully like it's feeling 75% maybe on a great, like, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Well, it, like I, you know, I get feedback like, well, Natalie, you I don't experience you as this, that, or the other. And I know that. I know that what you're experiencing is a 75% of me. You know, I, I'm aware of that 25%. I'm aware of this can't go on any longer because I'm stunting all of it. This being that growing percentage that's shoving me down, right? Maybe that's what it is. It's the growing percentage of non-me time that I'm giving up, right? Where I just continue to minimize myself to the point of extinction. Right, right, right. Yeah. So finally just like, no, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I relate to that completely. Yeah, I mean, I think for me there were, that is pretty accurate. And there's also, you know, there were many different things going on. You know, there was the state of my marriage, there was the pandemic, there was my challenges at my job, there was, um, and just that general sense of like, you know, like the body shame was a big thing for me. And I still have this body shame thing going on. And I'm still, overweight and I can't seem to handle that. And, you know, it was just like all the stuff I was like, Oh, all of this. Yep. And, um, yeah. What do you think? I think the pan, you know, don't it's old news, the pandemic, but I really do believe that we're at the beginning of some pretty profound activity around just folks having, um, awakenings, having a return to self, having a reclamation even of, of, of their own being. Um, I think that there, I'm, I'm so grateful that there are so many of us actually, I think it's happening at a good time. I think the pandemic, if there was a silver lining, it's accelerated the chance for those of us who we're ready for this shift in our life. We didn't know it, right? right but it, it's right. been planned for us yeah. at really, really good timing. Yeah. Really good timing to yeah. get our, our shit together, right? Yeah. Um, knowing kind of in my, in my own mind that I, do you feel like you knew you would always get here? Do you feel like you, you know this spot that you've arrived is it at all familiar? I mean, I, it's not at all familiar to me. No, I feel differently than I've ever felt in my life. Um, so that's really exciting to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was pretty discouraged, like, man, I've been working at this stuff for so long and I just can't seem to, you know, get over that hump. And um, uh the writing is what yeah. the writing the writing that you all did um, mm-hmm. is what I want to I want to dip into next um, because you were able to create your journey through words and you're now in a in a place where you're able to um, through your own lived experience which we all know I adore um, touch other people's lives um, in a I, I heard a, a um, metaphor the other day in a, a course I was taking, and it was that a, a, a 
person falls into a hole and the first person uh, walks up um, second, you know, the first person that comes upon the hole and they look down and they say, Oh, oh, you've got, Oh, it was a, it was a, a psychiatrist comes to the hole and sees you that you've fallen down in the hole. And they say, Oh no, what are you doing down in that hole? And well, I've fallen in and I can't figure out how to get out. Okay. Well, how are you feeling? Like, can we talk about, you know, your past and like, are you set up for, you know, success here? And can I write you a prescription for anything? And like, no, I'm in a hole. Like I, you know, and so eventually um, this person comes along and they pull out, somehow have a ladder crawl down in the hole and sit down. And, you know, the person that was originally in the hole turns and looks and says, what are you doing? And it's the you and the me. And we say, I recognize this hole. I've been here before. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd love to help you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what it looks like. You know, right. it's not mine. It, it's not my hole, but I recognize the general. Yeah. This is a cool hole that you got yourself in. What are we going to do? Yeah. We're going to shift and, and we're going to figure out how to get out of this. If right. even just a little bit. Right. 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 Um, and so let's let's talk about your book because you were able to um, bring everything to beautiful fruition, and I don't want folks to to not hear about that. Will you talk about the experience of writing and and what this book is yeah. how it's available to folks and yeah, so my inspiration. Well, yes, yeah, so um, based on my you know really the biggest piece of. Um, of the healing that I did was around body shame and was around just generally loving myself. And so, you know, my teachers were already in this um, process of preparing to um, write a collaborative book and um, that includes an author's journey and, um, and 25 authors coming together to write about, um, an experience in their life where they turned their pain into their passion and purpose, which is exactly what I have done now. And um, so they invited me, you know, a little bit premature on my journey, probably, but they had a feeling they had a hit on it. And they invited me to be one of the authors in the book, which is not something I have ever done before. And it ended up being a huge portal of transformation for for me. So I wrote in this book, um, Yay. Um, Shaman Heart, Turning Pain into Passion and Purpose. And um, I'm one of the 25 authors. And um, it was a, uh, a number one best-selling book in nine categories on Amazon.com, which was really cool. <laughs> You're pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. And it's, um, and I wrote, my chapter is uh, chapter 18 and it's, um, Exposing the roots. That's where I got the name of my company. Exposing the roots of body shame, carving a path to self-love, acceptance, and freedom. And I told my story in more detail than I told you guys today of that um, process that I went through. Um, And it's been a really just so writing it was full of charge for me because I was writing about things that people didn't know about me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was writing about um, situations in my family that, um, you know, uh, were hard to write about. And I was going to put that out to the world. And so as I was writing it and learning a new way of writing, I had been a business writer before, but never like writing for this kind of a book, learning a new way of writing and um, telling my story was really both enjoyable and hard at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then when it came time for the book to be published in April, um, it, uh, I had a lot of anxiety I bet. <laughs> about it coming out. And it would come out in ways like, you know, I'd get a phone call from someone who had a, a pre-reader copy of the book and They'd be, you know, or I get a text from someone like, oh, my God, I can't believe how amazing your chapter is. And I'm, you know, in your journey. And they would just, you know, compliment me on specific things. And I would just like start crying. Like immediately I would just like, like immediately start bawling. And I was like, wow, that was a big reaction to that text. And um, 
as time went on, it got easy, you know, that, that sort of subsided and the anxiety subsided. And then I was able to be just fully in it and proud of it. And, um, uh, not that I wasn't proud, but I was anxious. And, uh, and then I had the occasion to do book readings, (laughs) which is a whole nother thing. Then I'm standing in front of a group, an audience reading about my story and um and it's really personal it's really intimate and uh and that was a whole other thing that every time I did it it had less and less charge and the last time I did it was at a a local bookstore here and it had no charge at all and I actually told the audience that and I'm like that itself is progress of a beautiful yeah the story has no charge for me anymore which makes me believe that I'm healed, you know? And uh, so, and I am uh, really excited that um, the same publisher I'm working with, I'm participating in another book of theirs, uh, a couple other books, but then next year in 2023, I will be the lead author on a book um, that will be all about loving your body. So I'm really excited about that. That's I'm stinking proud of you. Whole nother level of badassery as she was. That's a good word. Yeah. So, That's so cool. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So the writing has now I'm blogging and the writing has definitely been a, a, a big deal for me. It's, yeah. it's uh your writing is beautiful. I think you've transitioned quite well from business to uh, writing from your heart. And I appreciate you. You've also got um, on medium.com, you've got exposing the roots um, blogs and just beautifully written. And I'm, mm-hmm. I love reading about um, it's, it's cool to know um, a little bit of about um, you just personally, but it's also I just, I'm, I'm just proud of you. I really am. Thank you. So um, I want folks to know that they, you know, we don't all get the chance to take massive trips to Mexico to mm-hmm. have transformational experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the day to day we think, well, this is what I've, I've got to do. There's really no way out of this. Um, this is what the grind is. Um I'd like to leave folks with the concept that you don't have to have some massive multi-week awakening. Um, You can chip away at this. Mm -hmm. You can nudge yourself in your own favor. Mm -hmm. You can relate to things like what we're talking about and maybe reach out, you know, um, find a commonality, um, that maybe your line in the sand looks awfully familiar to the one I dream about writing or, or right. putting, you know what I mean? Like, wow, I, I think I could. So yeah, a chapter ahead. Um, I like to say, and, um, yeah. it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to get a chapter ahead and then, and then have your hand out to bring the next person along. Right. Exactly. Because when we Absolutely. heal ourselves, we open ourselves up to healing the the rest of the world. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I've entered into apprenticing with my teachers as well, because I really want to deeply learn how to bring people through that process from them. And so I'm doing that now. I love it. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, one thing that people can do that I'm offering is um, if you're anywhere, women, Yes. Specifically women. Um, I'm, I'm going to be offering a free starting September 11th, a free monthly, um, online self-love circle. So awesome. You can gather and the topic is about self-love and we're going to have a different topic every month and just share and be together and learn and, you know, and, uh, where can people, so anybody can, anybody, is it in person or are you going to have a live? I'm actually doing an in-person one in Sebastopol, California and an online one for anybody. And so if you go to exposing the roots.com or exposing the roots on Facebook or Instagram or medium, (laughs) 
those three you can find you'll find out information all the details yeah yeah and I'm noodling on it I'm noodling on it yeah um you and I have catching up to do we do so I I want I have an entire page of things that I want to talk to you about (laughs) okay so awesome (laughs) you you aren't going to get very far away from me. You'll think out <laughs> of me again. Um, no, I just, I, I'm, I'm being, I'm trying not to be cheesy, but I just, I am. I'm really grateful just for the reality of this. Like, you mm-hmm. know, families come, people come together for, who would have thunk? Right. That's true. Who would have thunk, right? That's where I need to just leave it is, um, yeah, I just, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude um, to have shared some, some dysfunction with you, um, mm-hmm. sat right beside you. Um, and, um, and owning my own part that, you know, the two, you and I probably don't need anybody else to listen in on, on that <laughs> part, right? Right. But, but, but I will tell you, you know, I asked you if any of it feels familiar. I will tell you that for some reason, I've always known I'd get a chance to correct some things. Mm -hmm. I just had to keep fighting to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some of it feels really familiar, like eerily so. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, um, out of body, you know, even, but no matter what, um, I'm really grateful that I've arrived and I've got the opportunity to, to think out loud with other people that are arriving themselves. So, um, and offering hope. I'm grateful that you reached out. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Um, this is, uh, this is just the start of, of a lot of things I've been thinking about. And as my days roll out, I get what I need. And I needed a, a connection with Tina Green. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm really glad that everybody's uh, out there tuning in too. I've got um, incredible people. I want to bring um, your husband on, Jason, my former brother-in-law who mm-hmm. I adore too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to have you both on and, and um yeah, this think out loud with me uh, mission is just leaving the station. So um, thank you for being here with me. And everybody needs to find Tina exposing the roots.com online, on Facebook, on Instagram, on medium. Um, her journey's beautiful. And I, I'm just really grateful to have you here today. Thank yeah. you. Tina. Thanks, Natalie.